There are a lot of people who lie and get away with it. Over the North Atlantic, toward the east coast of the United States. President Kennedy died. That's one small step for man. It's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. People gotta know whether or not their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. This week on Inside Jobs, Brian, Gene, and Lee investigate MKUltra. Hello. Since the 1940s, governments have sought the ultimate secret weapon, convincing the enemy to perform acts against his or her will, or mind control. Following the end of World War II, paranoia in the Central Intelligence Agency, as well as the peculiar proclivities of its original management, led to the establishment of a variety of secret operations to discover the trick to mind control. CIA agents tested drugs such as heroin, mescaline, cannabis, and, infamously, LSD on subjects both willing and not. Here today to investigate Operation MKUltra, our civilian investigator Eugene Hoffman O'Neill, Gentlemen, good day. And conspiracy expert Lee Golden. Gentlemen, you are feeling very sleepy. I'm historian Brian Lane. Welcome to Inside Jobs. Inside jobs, inside jobs. (sighs) Guys, this is going to be a great show, but uh, I have to say something right here at the top. Yeah. That I would normally save for the cleanup portion at the end of the show. Okay. Um, That's all, folks, and thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I uh, have introduced this show to a couple people that I know in real life. And they have given me some comments about the show. They wow, seem to Brian, like it. Do you know someone IRL? Uh, it's my parole officer. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, it's a friend of mine who said, you know, he he likes the show, but he has trouble telling apart the other two guys. So, which in, are you and Lee? No, essentially, he can't tell Gene and Lee apart. And no offense to you, Gene. But I was offended on Lee's behalf because Lee has the most amazing voice in podcasting. Yeah. And then I am totally heterosexual. (laughs) And I don't understand how you mistake Gene's reedy, whiny, nasally voice with with Lee's amazing baritone. All right. Here's the thing. By the other guys... I believe they're referring to, A, either the terrible movie, The Other Guys, or B... Uh, Barack Obama and Banger. Either way, I'm very offended. And it, it can't be the movie because there's no way you could mix up Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Good point. Good point. Also, I didn't realize we were doing a show about MK Ultra. I thought we were doing a show about the new McDonald's menu item, McUltra, which is basically just <laughs> 50 burgers stacked on top of each other. It's great. I mean, I had a coronary uh, afterwards, but uh, very enjoyable come- burger. When did you come up with that one? Right now. It's on the $100 menu. 
when <laughs> when you told us two weeks ago that the next category uh, topic was going to be MK Ultra. <laughs> very good, very good work. Uh, a second thing that I'm going to mention is I turned off my air conditioner to record the show two minutes ago, and it's already a nightmare in my apartment. Yeah. Well, also oh, it's Lord. a nightmare in your apartment because of all the bird feces and Nazi books. <laughs> Uh yes, I breed fancy pigeons, much like my st- Mike Tyson. Um, <laughs> so your this... makeup is going to be running during the show. Yes, exactly. Your death um, clown makeup that you apply carefully. <laughs> my death clown makeup. Yeah. Brian, are yeah. you a juggalo or something? Yeah, are you insinuating I'm a juggalo? I'm not insinuating you're a juggalo. I am saying that you're a juggalo. Oh. Well, that's true. I just wanted to confirm. A juggalo, to clarify, is a man who has sex with the insane clown posse for money. (laughs) Usually bitcoins. Uh, It's funny because it's true. (laughs) All right, let's get this fucking show. Oh, man, Lee, you you are on fire straight from the top. Oh, see, maybe that's why people get me and Lee mixed up. Because we're both funnier than Brian? Because usually I am just always on fire. And so sometimes when Lee says something funny, people will probably go, oh, is that Gene? I mean, basically I'm just feeling great because I'm walking around with this false sense of superiority because I know how crappy the new Star Trek movie is, even though everyone seems to like it. I'm feeling good because it's only 80 degrees in L.A. right now, and I don't even have the air conditioner on, nor do I need it. it's, It's a dry heat. Yeah, it's a dry heat. Oh my god. Alright, let's get this fucker in the can. Yeah. Uh, so, um, guys, remember when we talked about Operation Paperclip? It might be hard to remember because it was in January? It was a long time. It was it was three months ago. Yeah. It also is hard to remember because of all the drugs that I've done in the past. Right. Well, you're 30 days uh, clean and sober, aren't you? Yep. I haven't watched the new Star Trek movie in 30 days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wait, have you not watched it at all? No, I didn't really like it, so I've only seen it twice so far. Jesus Christ. I know. Um, Well, during during that episode, we talked about the precursor to the CIA, the OSS. Which um, was Office of Strategic Services. Exactly. So pause this episode and listen to that episode to, uh, you know, as a refresher. Yeah. And then come back. Well, wait. Also, so I can run the AC for an hour while you're you're away. (laughs) Wait. Do you think that when people pause the podcast on their iPhone, it also pauses us? Well, we have to wait for them to listen to it because then when they come back, they'll have missed everything. Oh, good point. Yeah, use your brain, Lee. <laughs> well, during, when we were talking about the OSS, basically it was uh, a uh, clandestine services organization that was established during World War II to carry out sort of the kind of operations that you would imagine, you know, the la- the spy organizations carrying out. And it was greatly influenced by spy organizations that uh, were had been running in England because they were kind of old hats at it. Um, the British had carried out a lot of espionage activities in, you know, continental Europe, as well as across their, um, 
broad empire. So, like, in, in, in India during the 19th century, they were playing what was known as the Great Game. And it was against Russians who were trying to possibly take over, that sort of thing. And, and so, back to the it, uh, oh, days of Sir Francis Walsingham, who was sort of the, the chief of uh, espionage for Queen Elizabeth I. Back in yeah, the Cold yeah. War between the Catholics and the Protestants. Yeah, That's the I've guy all, that uh, Sean Connery's character is based on in The Rock, right? Exactly. He's the only person from the Elizabethan era to ever escape Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> Other than he knows Clint Eastwood. all of our secrets. <laughs> um, well, so the OSS was, was shaped by that, but also this guy, Wild Bill Donovan, who was uh, the creator of the OSS and instituted a lot of a lot of standards and practices, a lot of standard operating procedure for the organization. Um, and surprisingly, none of this included, or maybe unsurprisingly, none of this included ethics training. Um, these espionage organizations were thought of as, you know, they are our organizations to combat pure evil. And so if we have to get our hands dirty, it's justified by you know, our, our ultimate goals. And so the OSS, which features characters like Wild Bill Donovan, as well as G, uh, Lee's favorite CIA director, Alan Dulles, um, got their start in this organization and sort of were operating against the Nazis as well as the Soviets during World War II in, you know, very peculiar ways. Time out. Lee, that's your favorite CIA uh, director, Alan Dulles? Uh, no, mine is uh, Judy Dench. Okay. <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> Attaboy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine is Richard Helms, uh, as we'll get to later. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a George H.W. Bush guy all the way. Yeah. Yeah, well, he had to clean up the mess after, um, what's his name, Casey? Sure. Whoever, whoever the guy was that testified all the secrets. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, and, it, and, was, and uh, it was dead. Nixon who, you know, asked H.W. to uh, be the head of the CIA. But, you know, Nixon was, was I mean, I'm sorry, H.W. was not really that into it. Um, but, you know, he, he had a sense of duty to, towards the, the president. So he, he, he went into that. Uh, he was more, he liked to be more involved in sort of diplomatic uh, things. And uh, it wasn't, Cloak and Dagger was not ostensibly what H.W. liked to do. Now, Dick Helms, however, fucking loved Secret, that shit. Secretly, secretly uh, plotting huge operations uh, doesn't really run in the Bush family. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean. You know, they didn't like you yeah. know, tamper <laughs> with JFK Jr.'s plane or anything like that. Yeah, they never crashed two secret missiles into the World Trade Center while they, hiding jetliners full of people in Canada. They never that had never happened. They never had a company called Zapata Industries, which coincidentally had the same name as CIA Operation Zapata, even though George H.W. Bush claimed he had no involvement with the CIA until he became the CIA director. However, there is a memorandum that shows that a CIA contact known as George Bush uh, contacted uh, authorities on the day of the Kennedy assassination. Uh, Man, fuck was... MK Ultra. Let's just do the Bush dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. but uh, but 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 we should do that in another episode. But as far as MK Ultra, um, 
during World War II, there were sort of two important things that happened. And one of them we covered in our paperclip episode. And that is that these German scientists carried out these horrific, unethical, illegal, immoral crimes against humanity experiments on human subjects where such as tomorrowland in disneyland <laughs> uh, uh such as um you know putting people in pressure chambers and just cranking up the pressure or cranking down the pressure to see how they would react having people drink seawater making them um, listen to the song under pressure making by, the, by making them drink seawater you mean just making them go swimming in the ocean yeah yeah, they, they, it's impossible they like, to go swimming without drinking seawater. They burn easily. But so the, all of these, all of these horrible experiments happen, and then quite a few of those scientists were then brought back to the United States, or uh, left to go free in Germany while funded by the uh, United States to get research about these sorts of things. Uh, and then the second thing that was very important that happened during World War II actually had nothing to do with the conflict. And that was in 1945, uh, Dr. Albert Hoffman, uh, a chemist in uh, Switzerland who worked for a company called Sandoz, accidentally brushed his skin on some ergot derivative in his lab and started feeling weird. He got on his bicycle and started having the very first LSD trip in human history. And... Uh, he, he he spaced the hell out and then, you know, figured out what had happened, purposefully took a dose of LSD that was four times what became the established dose and uh, tripped out of his mind and then realized that this was possibly a, a marketable chemical that he had invented, LSD-25. Right. And so, and so that, that was one of the, the, those are the two sort of important things that happened during World War II and the precursor to the MK Ultra story. And then he watched the beginning of Titan AE and had to turn it off because he was crying too much. Oh, wait, no, that's the first time I took acid. <laughs> Titan AE? Yeah, that movie's the, fucking great, unless you're on Don, acid. What is it, the Don Bluth Matt Damon vehicle? Where you see a sort of naked animated Asian Drew Barrymore. <laughs> was that why you were crying? No, I was you're, crying because they destroyed Earth, bro. That's our planet, as far as I know. That's, that's everything we know, dog. <laughs> yeah, something came over me, man. So instead I just ate a wow. banana and walked around naked, which is what you're supposed to do. Hmm. <laughs> For me, it was watching Larry Sanders' show and falling through a mental wormhole contemplating how Gary Shandling was basically playing himself. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like watching meta-television on psychotropic substances. Oh, yeah. man, imagine taking acid and watching that, um, that episode of Curb where they do the Seinfeld reunion. Yeah, Whoa. that would have been, been too much. Oh, that's way too far through the looking glass. Yeah. Um, so following, following World War II, the, uh, the CIA was finally established from sort of the groundwork that the OSS had, uh, had, um, engendered during the war. And the CIA realized that the Soviets were, you know, the, the Soviet Union being the main enemy in the Cold War at the time, the Soviets were doing things that were, you know, really seemed like mind control. 
Um, so they had had um, show trials during the 1930s. Stalin had in- in- engineered these trials for military uh, officials uh, or officers, uh, doctors, um, party members, old Bolsheviks, etc., where they went up and while being recorded, uh, admitted to committing treasonous crimes against the USSR. Such as not liking the original version of Solaris. <laughs> Which everyone says is so fucking good, but whatever. I like the George Clooney version better. Yeah, who could even get through that original version? I mean, the new one isn't good either, but at least you can watch it. <laughs> I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah, we're talking about regular people. Though. Yeah, we're talking about people who have friends. We're talking about people who didn't just literally get a text message canceling their plans for later tonight. <laughs> Jesus Christ. By the way, that uh, that text message was from Gene and I, who decided that we uh, didn't want to do this show anymore, so we're canceling the show right now. Sorry, guys. Yeah, we can't make it. We have plans. Something came up. We got to close a duel for Studebaker. I keep saying duel for Studebaker. <laughs> duel. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> but so the the Americans, the Americans realized that they had to figure out how the Soviets were achieving this type of mind control. There was a mind control gap, basically. Yeah, there was a mind control gap. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Uh, there was a mind control gap, and, the, and the, the Americans wanted to close it. And so they started investing millions of dollars into these pseudoscientific experiments. Oh, my where... God. How much acid does millions of dollars buy? No, no, no. This is, this is pre-acid. This wow. is heroin. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> it, it's where... funny you should uh, mention millions because... The, at some point, the CIA found out that they were going to um, unload uh, millions of doses of acid on the open market. Someone was going to do that. And so they were afraid that the Russians were going to get a hold of this. So they decided to try to buy all of it. And yet that was due to a clerical error where someone was like trying to write uh, milligrams but wrote kilograms, I think it was. Um, grams, okay. Um, so, you know, that, that's how intelligent our intelligent agency is. So, so originally a dose of acid was one kilogram of acid. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the CIA thought that, that Sandoz, the, the company that Hoffman worked for that developed LSD had 100 million hits of acid available on the open market. Uh, and it turned out that nowhere near that much acid had ever even been produced. Um, so, but, but when I say millions, you also have to factor in the idea that a, you know, a lot of this money was just fucking wasted. I guess all of it was, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but also it, this thing took place over decades. So it, it started in the early fifties, I think it was 1953 and it didn't end until 20 years later. Yeah, it was 53 and Alan Dulles was the, the guy who actually, um, gave the go-ahead to uh, to proceed with the operation. Alan Dulles, who, of course, uh, served on the, the Warren Commission um, 10 years later, or 11 years later. Yes, who helped with the cover-up on JFK. Exactly. Anyone who reads the Warren Report has got to know, y'all must be tripping. <laughs> Motherfucker can't make no three shots in 5.5 seconds. Y'all must be tripping. Is that your is that a hip hop Obama? <laughs> no. 
It's a hip-hop um, George H.W. Bush. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it was a hip-hop Kevin Bacon in that Angola prison in JFK. Y'all don't know shit because you've never been fucked in the ass. Oh, man, I thought you were going to say that Angola movie, The Air Up There. <laughs> you ever saw The Air Up There with Kevin Bacon? Yeah. That's where he, like, goes to Africa to teach kids how to play basketball or something, right? Yeah, and he finds uh, this seven-foot prospect or something. Uh, yeah, Banger made me watch that movie, actually. Banger was always into 90s sports films, yeah. so. It's basically The Scout, but with basketball in Africa. And Kevin Bacon instead of Albert Brooks. It's basically uh, Rookie of the Year, except totally no, different. Brian, nothing is Rookie of the Year. <laughs> yeah, Rookie... Rookie of the Year is Sui Gennaris in the baseball, the 90s baseball movie format. Yeah, and that's the runs of that time that Banger broke his leg, thought it was going to ruin his whole summer, but then it turned out it made him super good at skateboarding. <laughs> Wait, super good at what? Skateboarding. Oh, skateboarding. Banger was uh, good at skateboarding? With a broken no. leg? No, but I remember this one summer he told me, he's like, we're sitting in his room and he goes, oh, man. I can't stop thinking about skateboarding. Wait, <laughs> skateboarding or like those little mini decks that kids used to tech collect? Decks? Tech decks. Yeah. Was he really good at tech decking? No, those were the weapons that were used to fight the tech war. Oh, okay. yeah. Against William Shatner making uh, video games off of the Duke Nukem engine known as Build. Anyway, um, we this, have this gone is... far afield. Yes. And when I say um, he was good at skateboarding, I mean, he was good at Warcraft 2. Okay. Yeah. So in 1953, uh, after some preliminary experience, uh, experiments, exactly, Alan Dulles gave the go-ahead for uh, basically Operation Project MKUltra. Now, MKUltra encompassed 149 different projects, and these, in, you know, are, cover a wide variety of different things. 57 and, of those were Heinz products. <laughs> And the rest of them were protocols of Zion. Uh, um, but uh, but also, uh, a lot of these operations went under different names, and some of the names changed. There was so like Artichoke go, and yeah, Artichoke. MK Naomi or some shit. Yeah, if you try to look this up, uh, you'll find it under a lot of different names, but we're just going to use Pink MK Floyd. <laughs> Electric Light Orchestra. Asia. It's a super group. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, we're just gonna call it MK Ultra for uh, convenience sake. But if you decide to go off and read some fucking books on your own, uh, just know that there's no a deal. Lot of, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of different names. So MK Ultra got started, and it was originally, you know, it incorporated some of these Nazi doctors that were brought over from Paperclip. But it also, it also employed these sort of ethics-free psychologists, yeah. psychiatrists, and physicians that were just looking for a way to get funding for research projects. Hey, man, it was the 60s. No rules. It was the 50s, man. Those were, there were a hell of rules. Oh, a lot wow. of these guys, they didn't even know necessarily that they were getting funding by the CIA. Um, and Often, oftentimes, operations like the CIA would be funding an entire wing of a hospital, and mm -hmm. only the director of the hospital would know it was the money was coming from the CIA. Nobody else working in the operation would. And people would come into he... his office, and he's sitting on a giant pile of cash. They're like, is there something <laughs> different about your office? Nope. <laughs> and I, and I moved the a hospital over there. 
the hospital was secretly in the mind of a um, a Walter uh, Mitty. Uh, wait, is that the that that the kid from uh, from the? Oh uh, no, from Saint Elsewhere. Yeah, the this all the CIA. <laughs> it was mind in a snow globe. All existed in the snow globe in the mind of an autistic child. Way to ruin the ending of Lost, guys. <laughs> they all meet in heaven. They all uh, wake up and they're in Bob Newhart's previous show. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Lost was such a cop out, man. Woo, man, Lee, you are on fire. Literally, I'm on fire. I'm engaging in self-emoliation to uh, uh, protest the war in Yemen. Which everyone except Rachel Maddow is design, uh, denying. And Rachel Maddow and I get along because we have the same haircut and taste in clothes. And taste in men. And Lee, you're protesting a war in the Middle East? Yeah, yeah. I'm mostly just doing it for the side pee. Okay. <laughs> that Yemen pee. <laughs> so to give, to, to give you an example of... Um... Of, of some of these early operations, um, <laughs> this guy, he got all this funding. He got like $300,000 from the CIA. His name was Dr. Wendt. And he flew to Frankfurt where they had this uh, experiment uh, research lab set up for him. And he brought along his mistress <laughs> and basically spent a lot of time getting drunk and fooling around with her. Yeah. So the CIA was already pretty pissed about that. But but even even further, he was just he was just, he was dosing people just aggressively. Um to the point where he would get people hooked on heroin. Uh, which he sampled himself, by the way, and that's a weird feature of a lot of these MK Ultra operations, is that the, the, the agents or the research staff carrying them out often tested them out on themselves beforehand. And by heroin, we mean the miracle drug designed to get Civil War soldiers off of morphine. Morphine, yeah. Um, and so... The miracle <laughs> drug that teaches Philip Seymour Hoffman how to act. <laughs> But yeah, so he, he, he started to dose people with heroin and get them fully addicted to it. Then he would start withholding Forcing them it. to withdraw. Yeah, yeah. And, and be like, okay, tell us all of your secrets. Um, and so that wasn't really that effective in terms of, um, you know, getting actual, factu actual factual information off of hardened criminals and possible soviet agents basically all um, they gave up was cheat codes from the tech war game <laughs> which were the same as duke nukem they didn't even try to port it <laughs> um but uh but he would also do things like take pure thc um which is the uh, active drug in marijuana and he just injected into people's beers oh and... man was it that hindu kush <laughs> no, that was my dad's 4th of July party. <laughs> you know there is a strain of marijuana called MK Ultra and my friend who kind of Wait, works, what? There's a strain of marijuana called MK Ultra. Oh, oh, I heard you. I was that was like a what? Oh, oh, yeah, and my friend who kind of is in that business, uh medicinal marijuana club says it's like one of the most hmm. popular ones. Nice. Wait, your friend who is kind of in that business, your friend the drug dealer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, um, why is it that all marijuana strains are either named after um, Star Wars characters or CIA mind control experiments? Well, you're leaving out Jimi Hendrix songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Joe. Smoke some mo. <laughs> 
because if you made a Venn diagram of Star Wars fans and paranoiacs, government paranoiacs, it's just a perfect circle. Yeah. Man, Venn diagram, he's going to be so good in that new Riddick movie. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Pain and Gain failed? Uh, did it? Well, wait. Did Pain and Gain star Will Ferrell or Mark Wahlberg? Um, you're thinking of Cop Out with Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis. Ah, uh, okay. So, um, another one of these experiments as part of the uh, MK Ultra project, my personal favorite, both in terms of the modus operandi and also the name, was Operation Midnight Climax. Well, uh, also because you loved uh, you loved any operation that happens in San Francisco, your yes. fair home city. Exactly. Uh, so, um, if you don't know, there's sort of a trifecta here of major American cities. Um, Brian is, of course, broadcasting from uh, New the York, the cultural center of the world, the Big Apple. <laughs> um, Welcome to Brooklyn. <laughs> Gene is, of course, broadcasting. Hey, forget about it. Sopranos <laughs> takes place in New Jersey. I'll be nice after the hurricane, but only because I want to charge my phone. <laughs> 9-11, never forget. Brian was saying earlier that uh, the, the hurricane happened on his birthday. I was saying that I, I suspect that Brian, uh, just to get sympathy, whenever there's a major tragedy, goes, oh. And yeah, that was my birthday, man, so no one remembered. As an excuse for the fact that no one ever remembers Brian's birthday. Yeah, Brian loved the hurricane. <laughs> he was so relieved and that it happened. It was his favorite Denzel Washington movie and Bob Dylan song. Yeah, Brian wept on 9-11 that it just missed his birthday by a month. <laughs> I um, don't believe my sister's birthday is actually 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Tragedy like... follows the Lane family. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I'm broadcasting out of New York, and Lee is broadcasting out of... San Francisco! Also known as Oakland. <laughs> uh, also Gene... known as Walnut Creek. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm moving further and further into suburbia because oh, my man. love Oh, man, Walnut of... Creek? Yeah, you're not in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then, Gene, you are... Uh... I live in Holly Weird. <laughs> the biblical plague Helle deserves. Yeah. Yeah, As, just say uh, I'm from San Francisco. That sounds cooler. Yeah. I oh, work in, I spend most of my time in San Francisco because that's where my office is. So yeah, so that is the trifecta of podcast cities that you are getting our, our wonderful show from. Yeah. So anyway, Operation Midnight Climax. Um this basically the CIA, okay would set up whorehouses, okay, whorehouses in, like, San Francisco and New York. And basically, people would come in to uh, have sex with whores, and uh, they would uh, give them acid without telling them. And uh, so, yeah, just, would... just like, you know, like, um, there would be liquor available in the brothel when you're waiting, and they'd say, hey, would you like a drink? And then just dose the hell out of your drink. And then they would film them tripping balls while having sex with prostitutes from secret... While uh, climaxing. What a, what a great operation. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's my, that's my favorite McUltra. Um, and uh, Brian, I'm sure you have some of that film. Um, so if you want to send that on over... 
Go ahead. So basically, there were just experiments of like, let's just combine all the drugs and see how awesome it is. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, let's film people fucking. Operation, take a bunch of hits of acid, take some methamphetamine, drink a bottle of Grey Goose vodka, and just hang out in the bathtub listening to the Beatles. Backwards. Also known as my sophomore year at University of California, Santa Cruz. God, I remember those days. I, that's so, when I met you, Brian. Yep. Oh, man, you were basically high every time I saw you. You thought Brian was a floating Michelin man. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, like that scene in Ghostbusters, I said, hey, no one steps on a church in my town. (laughs) (laughs) And by church, I mean Titan A.E. So there there are two two central figures that actually, uh, in with regards to Midnight Climax and sort of the, the, the more bizarre... Uh, and offensive MK Ultra experiments. No, that's uh, pretty normal in my book. <laughs> but um, so it's one of them is Dr. Sidney Gottlieb, and oh, this he, fucking guy. Jesus. yeah, he's he's just a fucking like. On the one hand, he had a 15-acre farm outside of Washington D.C., where he and his family lived, raising Christmas trees that they would sell. Uh, on the other hand, he would aggressively drug. Uh, whoever he could get his hands on uh, with I- insane amounts of LSD, specifically in like the Maryland and New York areas. And the person that he roped in to help him with these operations was this guy, George Hunter White. Oh, my God. This guy was crazy, too. Like, he would just basically beat people that he was involved with. Like, he was kind of like nightmare bosses. Like, he would say, like, hey, you guys better do this or I'll break your knees. And people would be like, ha, 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 ha. And then he would pull out, like, a riding crop and start beating people. Yeah. So it's basically like you have this. Until they took acid? (laughs) No, no, no. no. In terms of other things, because this guy had a whole life beforehand. Like, he was involved in a heroin smuggling ring in the 1930s in China. And he just basically ran it as this drug kingpin. And Gottlieb, uh, that wasn't even his real name. It was like Joseph Roy Scheider or something. Joseph Scheider. We're going to need a bigger budget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they teamed up. Uh, they teamed up on the East Coast originally. And they started doing these obscene things where they would, you know, hey. Hey, everybody, we're just having a cocktail party. Come on over to George's house. And then all these people would show up at George White's house, and he'd just fucking drug them all. And then just sort of sit back and watch what happened. A.K.A. my junior year at Santa Cruz. That guy knew how to throw a party. (laughs) So, you know, none of these – and a lot of these people worked for um, the United States government. Um, But that isn't to say that they were aware of the operation. So these would be people from, you know – the the Washington D.C. area, often who lived in you know like uh, like Maryland or um, Georgetown or wherever, and they'd all you know show up for a dinner party, and White would just drug the hell out of them without telling them, and <laughs> some of them some of them would have um, w- maybe would have had experiences with LSD beforehand, uh, but a lot of times they wouldn't, and some of the stories of the people who. You know, basically, they're they're at a, out at a party one night. They have no reason to be suspicious, and then suddenly they start basically going insane, and they have no idea why. And for any of us who have done um, psychedelic drugs, 
<laughs> the saving grace is that you know it will end eventually. But he would uh, tell people the like saving grace is that you know con- you took it. <laughs> yeah, you know you took it, and you 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 are aware of the cause of the sort of experiences that you're happy. Yeah, having. you are anticipating a radical paradigmatic shift in reality. Except for that time, I thought I was taking acid, but actually accidentally took um, MDMA. Uh, well, that's not that bad. Yeah, but but like Hoffman, Dr. Hoffman, who um, discovered uh, LSD, he even said the very first time he was tripping, he did not know it was going to end. Yeah, he and thought so, he might have just driven himself insane. Yeah, he thought he was just insane forever. Um, of course, an, an acid trip lasts about 8 to 12 hours. Unless you take 8 tabs like I did that one time. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And I played Christ. Vice City for a while. Oh my god, it was so fucking cool. You didn't. You took eight tabs of acid. Uh huh. Yeah. Did you ever? Okay. Did you do that because of that myth that was so popular in college that if you took seven hits of acid that you were like legally insane for the rest oh, of your that life? Fucking yeah. That's that's like a Snopes worthy. I yeah, was aware of that, but like most things that were told to me during that period of life, my life, I was like not fucking listening to it. Yeah, at, right out. I think uh, along with uh, if your roommate dies, you get straight A's. That was <laughs> one of the most prevalent urban myths. It's just like, what? Can you just commit murder for the rest of your life and you just have, you know, carte blanche because you're, you're legally insane? insane? Well, banger well, was that my doesn't roommate. even make sense. That doesn't even make sense because the legal definition of insanity is totally different from, you know, psychosis. Well, I took a, I took acid once, then took it twice. And expected different results. So, yeah, I am the definition of insane. And Banger was my roommate at the time, and we were both pl- <laughs> we were both plotting to murder each other. I'm pretty Banger sure. was your college roommate? Was Banger your official college roommate, or was Banger just crashing in your dorm? Uh, both? Okay. So, I don't know if I've told this on the show, but in the... In the the first no fuck the first comic taking strip acid, ever taking acid twice and expecting different results, I basically just <laughs> evacuated myself. Oh, that was so fucking funny, Brian. He was in the middle of a story. I'm sorry. I had, I just wanted to acknowledge that joke. That was amazing. Okay. Oh, thank you. So, so you were fucking banger or something? Yeah. yeah well, fre- freshman year of college, um, banger was like earning this... his nickname, <laughs> which actually he gave himself. Because uh, yeah, his nickname forget. before that was Fluffer, which he decided was not exactly that. Whoa! Uh, time out! Time out! One, a self-given <laughs> nickname is not okay. Two, his nickname was Fluffer, and we're calling him Banger. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, the, the whole reason uh, a good nickname persists is because the guy who has it hates it. <laughs> well, he hates it now. He hates it now. Almost as much as he hates skateboarding now. So it's okay. Well, he's a grown-up now. Yeah, I mean, he's... Yeah, exactly. Freshman year, they make you fill out this form to pick the perfect roommate. And, uh, you know, you uh, say, oh, what time do you go to sleep? What kind of things do you do? Never. Um, Everything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you like it in the front butt or the back butt? Um, And uh, we filled out these things. And then, like, the little sheet came in the mail that said who my roommate was. And it was... It was Banger. And... (laughs) I don't know. Like, I think that maybe he had just filled out the sheet so it would match me or something like that. Um, so instead, we were like, dude, we cannot be uh, roommates, okay? So um, we asked them to switch. They switched us, and we got what we thought were going to be more sane roommates. Instead, I got the drug kingpin of um, 
of uh, UC Santa Cruz who had like a safe filled with mushrooms and um, weed. And then Banger, meanwhile, yeah, got had. Exactly. Until I watched Titan AE. And, and Banger had this roommate who would always talk about how the best sex he ever had was with like an underage Polynesian prostitute and would go out in the forest at night and throw knives. So eventually... Wait, that was Banger or that was Banger's roommate? That was Banger's roommate. Oh. I don't even remember rooming with Banger. <laughs> uh, Brian, by the <laughs> yeah, way, yeah. You, and, you and Banger I, are the same person. You created him Tyler Durden style in your mind. So the next year, Banger and I, we, we weren't roommates. We were housemates. We all, we all got a house together, and there was like a trampoline in the back. We turned the garage into a bar. Um, it was a great it was, it was a great fucking college party house. We had a robot suit. Oh wait, just to tie suit? just to tie this into the episode, uh they also used to just go to college students and get them high all the time. Yeah. Okay, continue. Uh we had a robot suit and uh the robot would like get down and party and we had like DJ tables and a full bar and uh like the chair of our department would like come and bring us alcohol and smoke and bum cigarettes off of me. Gra- Gravity Bong was in force. Gravity Bong in the hot tub, people having sex on the um what's it called? Trampoline, watching episodes of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. We would have BB gun fights. And and Lee, if I if I recall correctly, you had laser discs of the original Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> yeah, we would play laser discs of the original Star Wars tr- like trilogy on a TV in the background while people were like going nuts. Um, there's the robot costume that was over by the DJ suit, and the guy who my other roommate who thought that he thought that if you put on the robot suit, he there was no rules. <laughs> station and like he would put on the robot suit and just like go and just kind of like feel up girls and uh i had to like it's always a crazy moment when me as like the master of this party house had to like talk people down and i just remember like having this conversation with the robot being like dude robot not cool Oh my god. Anyway, my college so experience MK was an MK Ultra um, Wait, mind control so experiment. I think what basically like every single fucking episode it comes down to Lee telling the craziest story about his life. I think we need to have a spin-off of this show that's like 15 minutes long. Is that what uh, Morning Handsome is? Uh, yeah, Morning Handsome uh, is has uh, basically just become me like doing different voices and dubbing it over myself. So yeah, I'm talking about a show where Lee just tells a, a crazy story because fuck, you have so many crazy stories, Lee. Well, and I didn't even think I was gonna get into this. Story about trying to return a, a library book before it was overdue. Mm-hmm. I was gonna get charged five cents. Yeah, you you were, dude. You were. That goes on your credit report. <laughs> your freecreditreport.com, which is not free. Um anyway, wow. McUltra, Mc, McUltra. Okay. Yeah, maybe we should take a little break there so that we can wind down and I can run and, the AC for 10 minutes and try to remember what the topic was. Right, and we'll try to remember what the topic was. Okay, we'll be back shortly. Until then, listen to this weird clip from the internet that I found. We'll be right back on Inside Jobs. The American military were also experimenting with LSD as a potential weapon. 
Here is a group of normal soldiers responding correctly to a series of routine drill commands. After receiving a small dose of LSD, they're confused and undisciplined. The idea was to spray the drug on enemy troops. The dose, however, proved rather difficult to control. All right, guys. So we got a little carried away there for a bit. But Holy shit. We <laughs> certainly did. Sorry, folks. Uh, but basically, the one of the interesting parts about MKUltra is that it, this is a government operation that waived the rights of U.S. citizens without informing them of what was happening. And so these people like White, these people like Gottlieb, who were dosing people without their knowledge... Uh, you know, slipping LSD into their drinks. Uh, it's highly illegal. Um, but not only is it highly illegal, it didn't result in any real scientific information. So or there any were any recriminations. <laughs> Except that Gerald Ford like passed like a presidential order that an executive order that said like y'all can't do that. Yeah. The, then he by tripped. The, by the way, it's very illegal, and now I'm just reminding you that it's illegal. Yeah. But 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 so some of the things that they were doing, like you know, dosing prisoners, um, using, uh, and it wasn't as we said earlier, uh, MK Ultra encompassed quite a few different projects, and and while the the drug projects are kind of the sexier ones, they would do things like go to insane asylums where they were still using electroshock therapy and say like, hey, could we use this electroshock therapy as like a interrogation device? And then and they will. They'll let you, you know. ask. <laughs> they did. And uh, they would do things like shock people and then try to interrogate them as they were coming out of this hazy post-shock sort of fog. And then they gave Jack Nicholson a lobotomy. Yeah. yeah, and then that Indian uh, strangle, uh, strangled him and then finally yeah. moved that thing out the window and fucking ran off. I want to bet off of that, though. So, um, But, uh, but it, 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 it wasn't just – it was just, wasn't just in the United States. They also Canada. Had, yeah, the they Mexico also, of the North. <laughs> they also they – also, that's how Rob Ford got addicted to crack, MKUltra. Um, but no, they, they, they did. That was before they knew it was whack. Yeah. That's well before. That was one of the good things from MK ultra is the fact that they learned that crack is whack. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, they went, they went into Canada and they were, you know, illegally testing. Yeah. At, uh, McGill university, they were doing the LSD tests as well as the electroshock tests that I just mentioned. And (laughs) they were, it's like it's so insane it's hard to believe it ever happened where they would just be like hey let's take this person put them into a coma uh <laughs> and then when they come out of the coma let's see if if they'll answer our questions and they would you know do things like convince people to poop themselves uh oh man one thing that, they- that is a great prank <laughs> <laughs> they put their hands in warm water draw dicks on their face while they were in a coma order a pizza to their house <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so they were doing all sorts of stuff, not only in the United States, but also Canada. And let's, to sort of clarify how awful it could get for some of these unwilling test subjects, let's talk about the tragic case of Dr. Frank Olson. Oh, man. Uh, 
Yeah. So Frank Olson worked for the federal government, and he was involved in developing biological warfare. Uh, which so, was which was done in the United States until Nixon um, stopped it. Guys, isn't all warfare biological? Man, that's a really good point. Gene. Not if you're fighting Terminators. Uh, yeah, that's an even greater point. <laughs> so Frank Olson was doing things like um, you know trying try, trying to find biological ways of rendering the enemy unable to fight. So he was involved in sort of tangential... Like asking them, what is know, war anyway? Yeah. Aren't we all brothers in one sense? <laughs> this is it, boys. This is war. Just what are we fighting for? Yeah. Some nights, I don't know. So uh, when, I, when I talked about um, the, the like dinner parties that they would have uh, where they would just dose people, Frank Olson was invited to one of those shortly before um, Thanksgiving one year. And he, you know, was at this retreat, hanging out with people that were also involved in government. And, uh, you know, they all got dosed. And he started to sort of have a, a, a bad, he had basically a bad trip. He was freaking out um, on acid and he started to say things that like i don't want to participate in biological warfare anymore i don't want to do this sort of work anymore and it became readily apparent to the people that were perpetrating the experiment that he was going to spill the beans yeah he was going to spill the beans on what they were doing he didn't necessarily know that it was lsd but he basically had a a nervous breakdown he had a complete nervous Man, breakdown he should have chilled out yeah. and looked at that poster of that van gogh painting he should have turned off Titan AE. Yeah. yeah, he should have looked at the magic eye poster. Yeah. He could he could have seen a really good boat. Yeah. The schooner is a sailboat. <laughs> um and so it became apparent that they like they needed to 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 deal with this. So the dinner party that he attended was in Maryland. But it, as as I noted it was a thing around Thanksgiving. And the only CIA-approved doctor that they could find was in New York. So he had this CIA handler take him up to New York City and take him to what is now the Hotel Pennsylvania. And if you follow at Inside Jobscast on Twitter, I mentioned that I work a block away from the Hotel Pennsylvania. I walk by every single day. And I, uh, I, I it's sort of this, you know classic new york hotel that has been there forever it actually used to be named the statler and is the source for statler of statler and waldorf who are both named after famous hotels but uh, a lot of stuff has happened there and uh, one of it one of them is that frank olson and his cia handler checked into the the uh, hotel the statler hotel now the hotel pennsylvania let me guess on brian's birthday <laughs> <laughs> On uh, 9-11, 1953. And, uh, you know, this guy's having this nervous breakdown. He's having all these problems. And uh, he jumped out of uh, a 13th floor window. Or and did he? Exactly. So Frank Olson, you know, ejected from the hotel and landed on the street. 
and uh, died soon after from his injuries. And the but, family didn't know what the hell happened until the church committee, uh, which was well, which well, well just 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 prior to that. Let's just say so. In his autopsy, it turned out that Frank Wilson had injury, cranial injuries that were pre-mortem injuries. Or um, did he? In his autopsy, it revealed he had fallen from a building. <laughs> or did he? His Someone autopsy, get Will Arnett out of here for God's sakes. Yeah. Someone re- his autopsy revealed that uh, he had a micro, oh. so he has something in common with Eugene. Oh man, he definitely did. I should have an autopsy so the world can know about my micro. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so you're yes, going to donate died. your micro to science when you die? Oh man, in my picture, you're going to see that I have a boner uh, under the blanket, and you're totally going to be able to tell that I have a micro. Oh man, they're going to do Dylan, a death Dylan's task of your all dick. Over. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, exactly. He dies. He jumps out of a window. It is declared a suicide, despite that autopsy uh, evidence that I just mentioned. And his family is baffled. He wasn't a suicidal guy. He wasn't depressed. He didn't seem upset about anything. His life was going well. Or it did- was it? Wait, was he on acid at the time? Uh, no. He, he the acid. Oh man! Basically... I thought this was all one like wild night that happened. He went to the party, took acid, drove <laughs> to Maryland, this was Hangover three, checked into the stall, and jumped out a window. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds possible. <laughs> well, I mean, for for anyone in the audience, and definitely the three of us, you got you, the two of you have done acid. I've never done. Acid, I didn't but say I've that done... I've done acid. Yeah, oh, done uh, acid sorry, before. sorry. Brian. I've done a shit ton of mushrooms. Yeah, uh, which is sort of a, a, a step down from acid. That's like acid, but junior, what is, diet acid? Yeah, acid junior. But the question but. is, did you do it at Disneyland and then have sex with your girlfriend at your grandma's house afterwards? Then obviously you've never done acid. I mean, never done mushrooms. The question is, did you have sex with your grandmother who lives at Disneyland? <laughs> but but one thing one thing that happens if you're having a really intense trip is that you sort of reevaluate a lot of things in your life and a lot of things that you've taken for granted uh, a lot of elements of the world around you that you may not have thought about deeply like the binary foundation of western philosophy the fact that everyone who's gone to Disneyland now knows the secret of youth, but they forget it every time they leave. The fact that no one has ever died at Disneyland. Except I just looked at the Wikipedia page of all the people that died at Disneyland to try to convince Sheree we shouldn't go there for her birthday because it's too expensive. No one is officially, <laughs> ever officially declared dead at Disneyland, Lee. Surprised you didn't know that. Yeah, well, Lee has taken more than seven sh- hits of acid, so he's legally insane. Oh, yeah. Or did he was acid sane? <laughs> yeah. Disneyland. Uh, and so, and so, it appears that Frank Olson, uh, in the course of taking acid, unknowingly, uh, he reevaluated what he was doing with his life, and he had basically a nervous breakdown. He had some sort of psychological break that resulted in this freakout, and which is what scared his MK Ultra handlers so much that they. You know, whisked him out of out of uh, Maryland and up to New York City, and and like I said, this is during Thanksgiving. This is a time when he should be with his family. He should have time off from work. He should be left alone. And yet, the MK Ultra handlers were just like, "Nah, we'll dose him with acid and see what happens." Because we all know um, Thanksgiving is a special time you spend with your family, and everyone tries to forget about the doldrums of normal life except lee won't shut the fuck up about the kennedy assassination (laughs) oh man how many how many thanksgiving dinners have you ruined lee all of them (laughs) (laughs) 
similar to me. That's why I haven't celebrated in eight years. Oof. Or did he? (laughs) Brian just takes Thanksgiving to remind everybody about the Native American massacre. In Dealey Plaza. Oh my god, I just got a second text message canceling backup plans. (laughs) Jesus. It's like the timing is Uncanceling and then re-canceling them. God damn it. If you're just tuning into the show, it is a popular motif inside joke on Inside Jobs that Brian's friends don't like him. (laughs) (laughs) Including Gene and Lee. I'm glad I didn't take acid or uh, before this show, or I'd be having a, an existential crisis right now. Yeah, definitely. If someone took acid <laughs> during the show, it would get really weird. So, uh, so Frank Olson died, and that is terrible. Or um, is it? <laughs> and uh, and and so Lee, let's uh, to finally get to the point you were trying to make about the church committee. Oh yeah, so the church committee. Um, is kind of the precursor to the House Select Committee on Assassinations. Basically, Frank, uh, Frank Church, who was this uh, cool congressman dude, um, he started a committee um, to basically uncover what the CIA was doing. And this was in the uh, the mid-70s. And they started uncovering all this crazy shit um, about Bay of Pigs, about MK Ultra, that started to um, kind of illuminate some possible conspiratorial uh, actions around the major assassinations of the 1960s, which we've discussed on this program. Um, and uh, Dick Helms, who was the head of the CIA, uh, in 73, he apparently ordered a purge of all of the documents related to MK Ultra. Now, he, most he, of the- he wanted to, he, he, the only documents he wanted to remain were uh, Yeats poems <laughs> that he could memorize and then quote back to Nixon in excised scenes from Oliver Stone's film. Starring Sam Watterson, who is a fucking awesome Dick Helms that looks nothing like him. But those scenes are great. So, but about 20,000 of these MK Ultra documents were actually stored in a different building that I think had some financial documents or something. So they kind of escaped this, uh, you know, document holocaust that, that Helms, um, that Helms, uh, you know, was ordered. And, uh, you know, like all CIA guys, Helms was a, you know, pretty shady character. And, you know, at some, at some level, yeah, I mean, at some level, he was doing what he was doing for his country. But uh, at some level, a lot of these high level CIA guys had kind of like, in order to defeat the enemy of the Soviets or the Nazis, or whoever it was, kind of became another sort of internal cancer, an internal enemy of the United States, which is, you know, why JFK famously said he wanted to split them into a thousand pieces. Um, and, you know, I think Dick Helms, it's proved that he demonstrably lied before the House Select Committee on Assassination. So, um, you know, after the church committee started uncovering all this stuff, they, they basically decided, well, we should have another committee. And that's where the HSCA kind of jumped into to the fray there and um the photographic expert right or was it more of a a sequel it was like a it was like a reimagining so basically they had a reimagining split into three parts to be released over three different years Uh uh-huh yeah exactly it was called murdering presidents into darkness (laughs) um so yeah, church committee, and uh, you know, so MK Ultra in Canada, the 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 people in Canada didn't find out about all of these horrible experiments that were that were um, 
not only happening in Canada, but were receiving Canadian government funding. They didn't find out about this until the, the early 80s. And uh, eventually, um, those cases, those families who were affected by by those experiments, they settled out of court for like 100K each or something like that. Yeah. But, but the, it's just but the a Olson, real... Yeah, the Olson family was able to find out kind of finally what happened to Frank Olson yeah. during all during this period where uh, information about MK Ultra was coming to light, and they were finding and, out all this crazy shit like that they were building dart guns to shoot biological warfare, um, <laughs> just awesome shit like that, or like that the gay bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wasn't that that uh, Get Smart TV movie? Oh no, that's the nude bomb. Wait, what's the gay bomb? The gay bomb was, uh, it's actually not related to MKUltra, but it's sort of similar. And it was this uh, secret project to try to develop a chemical weapon that would make, (laughs) that would make the enemy turn gay. And uh, the idea being you would fire it at the enemy and they would become uh, amorous towards their fellow soldier and immediately engage in sexual acts uh, and preventing them from defending themselves from American soldiers. They did make that bomb. It was the Brian Singer Superman movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, oh zing! Kind of like that movie. Um, but you yeah, inf- inf- information about MK Ultra has been coming out piecemeal uh, over the decades because, you know. Like likely said, Richard Helms ordered quite a quite a substantial amount of documents uh, regarding MK Ultra tests to be destroyed. But here and there, they'll find caches of information because, as we as we said, this was a two decade long project. It involved uh, you know hospitals, universities. Uh, private research firms all over the country. Dogs and that cats time. living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> so occasionally we'll find out like, oh, this other awful thing that we didn't know about happened. And it was funded and approved by the government mm-hmm. against the rights of its citizens. And basically what this has done to the, the pop- popular consciousness is... Uh, made people start to think that all of these horrible um, tragedies and political uh, violence uh, events might have been secret MK Ultra um, programs from the 1951 uh, Pont Saint Esprit mass poisoning in France, um, all the way through the major assassinations of the 1960s, especially uh, Saran Saran's alleged or I mean assassination of RFK, and that is another one of the biggest conspiracy theories is that. MK Ultra was sort of a uh, assassination making school that it was like a mill, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like a farm system for murderers. And then of course uh, the Jonestown thing which we've discussed previously, I think that's when we first brought up MK Ultra was a lot of people think that the uh, uh, that Jonestown was an MK Ultra experiment and that the fact that Leo Ryan the congressman from California was assassinated was because he was one of those staunch um, congressional uh, opponents to the CIA. And, you know, with all these tests, you know, it's sort of the, the, the sexy version of MKUltra is, uh, you know, all these people were dosed with LSD and it's kind of funny. But um, it was a wide 
variety of drugs and psychological experimentation that was performed on people, you know, without their without their consent. And um, a lot of the people who eventually spoke about it uh, publicly were like, well, no, we, we uh, it, it may seem like an unethical thing, but we were at war with the Soviets. We, we knew that they had mind control and we decided that if, you know, as with the bomb, we can't let how we can't just have our enemies controlling this technology or these processes, and so we had to do it. And yeah, it's a patriotic thing. Um, it kind of reminds me when you look at this Cold War attitude towards patriotism that involves doing illegal or unethical activities. It reminds me a lot of like the war on terror thing. Uh, war on terror mindset that we've seen over the last 10 years where it's just like well yeah no we normally wouldn't do this but we're in a war situation and so we're going to secretly authorize these activities by our CIA agents or FBI agents or other clandestine services and who knows what the fuck we're doing out there I mean I think we've we've probably mentioned this on previous (laughs) shows that like if this is what you know we found out you know after the height of the Cold War, like, what are we going to find out 10, 20 years from now? Like, the next church committee, what are they going to find right. out? But, and, and it's like you find out today about technology they had in the 60s even that is beyond even science fiction or television. And you're just like, Jesus, what do they have going now? So, so we're MK always Ultra, finding out things. Uh, so, MK Ultra. A dastardly plot to drug and psychologically coerce Americans and others to give up their secrets or perform acts against their will. Lee, is it an inside job or not? Um, I mean, yeah, there's like government documents that say <laughs> this was a fucking inside job. So it's, Yeah, um, it's, it's wildly documented. And in fact, um, I'll post this uh, on the website, InsideJobsCast.com. But um, we actually had a fan, if I can find it, Eddie, uh, sent me a, a, a Dropbox with all these files, uh, documents related to MKUltra. And that's kind of what inspired us to do this show. Um, but Eddie, thanks very much, and uh, I will have that available on the website for people to look at. This is this is a widespread crime that, as Lee said, was hardly recriminated and is widely documented. And Frank Olson is just one of the stories of people whose lives were ruined by such a project. So this is this is one of the inside jobs that we report on this show that is like definitely a real thing and was definitely perpetrated in secret as a conspiracy by our own government uh although i will ask uh gene uh mk ultra um inside job or not gene gene you all right where is that coming from what keep saying that is that coming from indoors or outdoors
country. Ask what your country can do for Gene. Ah, uh, now look, I was at a party with Eugene uh, in 1962, and uh, we were at Peter Lawford's uh, house out in the desert, and uh, you, me, Judy Grill, solved your soul in a solve of salvation that can only be solved by salving yourself with a salvo of salves. Peace, love, and devotion mistake. Uh, your power animal is a squirrel uh, combined with a kitten, uh, otherwise known as a squid. You need to walk through the desert of uh, all consciousness and you need to find peyote. Once you find peyote, you can open up your heart. Everybody consciously in the We all know this and we're trying to fight it off. Death is coming. We are all going to die. You, Gene, Gene, you are going to die. Gene, one day you will die. say to you strange things and it will have different voices and all the different voices will be the different characters from the Golden Girls and all the actresses who are dead will pull out their tits and throw them over you. heard about me closing a deal for Studebaker but you've never seen me close the deal with your mother. Oh, oh yeah, Tricky Dick loves it. Oh, it's a win in a landslide. 
deepest imagination wearing mom jeans and I will throw out the first pitch and I will be using the testicles as the ball uh, for that first pitch. And then the umpire will take that uh, and they will uh, hand it over to uh, Sandy Kopax uh, who will pitch a no-hitter. A perfect game. Shoot Hitler, Gene. Listen to me. You have to shoot Hitler. You have to shoot Hitler now. You only have one shot at this. Take the take the gun. Take the gun now. Make the shot. Oh my God, you got him. But now you're Hitler. Yeah. What? When did it get dark? What are you talking about? Wasn't it daytime like just a minute ago? It's like pitch black outside. No, you uh, you kind of faded out there for a while, buddy. No, you guys faded out. I've been here the whole time. Well, why don't we take a quick break and then we'll uh, come back and wrap up the show. Okay. Okay. We'll be right back on Inside Jobs. Guys, I think that was a pretty solid episode. We uh, determined that MK Ultra, a well-documented and infamous government project, was indeed an inside job, and I think <laughs> our fans should thank us for it. I just said I'm waiting here for the thank yous. <laughs> How many kisses did you get this week, Gene? No kisses. What? I know. This is bizarre. Yeah, but... not even from a puppy. Yeah, well, I slept at a construction site for most of the week, so not a lot of foot traffic. You might, so you might have been kissed while sleeping. Might have been kissed while sleeping. What about your that was a dad? That was a Drew Barrymore movie, by the way. <laughs> kissed while sleeping. <laughs> yeah, never been kissed while sleeping in a garbage pile. What about your dad? Did you see your dad, Gene? Uh, he came to see me while I was sleeping. <laughs> So you did. It was just so you, during that chud retrospective, though. Yeah, that's uh, what I got. It was the I, chud and the stuff double screening. Yeah, I don't count and dad kisses child. as kisses. Oh, okay. Well, oh my god, my my oh sister's god, here um, we go. my sister's boyfriend, their family, they they kotm. That's what Gene does with his dad. They kotm. Oh, they kiss on the mouth. mouth. Yeah, that's that's how it is in my family. Oh, okay. No, no, no! Keep okay. making fun of it. It's it is very weird. Wait, who is it that does it? This is my future brother-in-law. They KOTM. Are they like Irish or 
they are. Uh, he's a redhead, but he's a rabbi. Oh, okay. Because I was wondering. Because it's. I think it's an Irish. It's an Irish thing to kiss each other on the mouth. Is it really? Oh no! It's a. It's a. It's a homo incestual thing. Oh, okay. Wait. So James Same Joyce thing. was just like fucking kissing his brothers on the mouth. Yeah. He was just K K O T M. Deeply. And so wait, wait. So wait. Fucking. Samuel Beckett would come over to James Joyce's house and they would kiss on the mouth. Is what you're saying? No, it's a, it's a, it's a. You kiss your relatives on the mouth. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Not. Not a, what about very close family friends? Hmm. I, 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 I couldn't say. I have only. KOTM, <laughs> your family doesn't have any close friends. Kotm is is completely restricted to family for me on my dad's side. Wow. So oh, your your mother is Irish though too, right? Well, my mom is uh, half Irish, half German, and I think the uh, I think the the, the German no kiss and to just mm. heil Hitler at each other are kind of one out. There. <laughs> yeah. Basically, my family is just this. The rules of my family's affection are the same as with a street prostitute. You can do anything, but no kisses on the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Why did we get into this? Jesus Christ. Well, regarding Jewish families and their plots to take over the world, uh, we did get a phone call on our hotline last week from a certain fan that you might be aware of. So let's listen to what Mark said about the show. Oh, okay, great. Let's Let yeah, roll it up. Turn on the volume, and here we go. That's what I'm talking about, guys. You had a musical number. You had like five banger stories. You had a couple of presidents. That was what I was talking about. Good job, guys. Keep up the good work. So yeah, that's what Mark said. Is it bad that Mark was pleased with an episode? I yeah, I honestly was a little weirded out by the fact that he was pleased with an episode. Yeah. Um. Hey. Mark, I was hoping maybe like you and I could start a podcast. So, <laughs> I mean, like, uh, just thinking maybe just you and me, you play a little bit of drums, I play a little bit of out of tune guitar, we talk about banger, you know, like that. But should we, here's the real question should we turn Inside Jobs into a podcast empire? Because uh, what I'm seeing is should ins- we or are we doing that already? <laughs> what I'm seeing is what I'm seeing is inside jobs. That's our that's our, our front runner, yeah, and okay. and then we have Lee. We can fold Morning Handsome into the Inside Jobs brand. Okay, we can we can also have the show where you tell insane stories about college, okay. and then we can have the Mark and Lee show. Oh, okay. My favorite part about this is that it involves me only in the background for all these extra <laughs> okay. shows. Gene, what 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 spin-off show can we have about you? Um just I KOTM guess, stories? Yeah, just KO, <laughs> KOTM stories. You can just listen to me greeting different family members. Mwah. Mwah. If you, if, that, um... just just so just so our fans know. Mark calls the hotline pretty much every episode. I do not know why more people don't do this. Uh, it's easy to get in touch with us. We play m- most of the calls. That we Imagine do. the thrill of hearing your voice on our podcast. Imagine the thrill of us commenting on your life in Detroit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you would like to do that, you can give us a call on our hotline. 
It is 413-225-1963. And yeah, you can just give us a call. Tell us what you thought about the show. Tell us about any ideas you have about, um, you know, topics we can do. It's it's great. It's Talk available. Talk about an inside job that you were involved in. But seriously, if any of the nine uh, eleven plotters who are still alive listen to this show, call in. Yeah, George W. Bush, please call us four one three two two five. Muhammad Ada, we know you're out there somewhere. <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Yeah, no, he's brain damaged. Lee, that's. I mean, I, so am I. I thought he was close to death, even. Yeah. Wow. Him and Joe Frazier are always KOTM. Inappropriate. Now, you, you might be you might be a fan of our prod- podcast where we tell a lot of dick jokes and occasionally cover uh, conspiracy theories and secret history and that sort of thing. But yeah. uh, but and you probably love us. I mean, let's just be frank. Um, people love the show. They're just guys. Great show. They're kissing Gene. They're KOTMing Gene. Uh, but did you guys know that the Weekly Dictator podcast does not care for us? The Weekly Dictator? Yes, the Weekly Dictator uh, is a, is our rival podcast. They they don't care for us. We don't care for them. Formerly, we found... they were a friend, an ally. We had nothing but good things to say about them. And then they fired some salvos. Yeah. Oh. Uh, basically, they said the... that our podcast was less than noteworthy. Ugh. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys listened to the most recent episode. There's no reason. It's a terrible show of the Weekly, weekly Dictator, but they really uh, hammered hammered it to us. They called us inside slobs. Oh, wow. Man. That is like wow. such a... Yeah, and they also uncovered uh, Nixon's friends list. I don't know. You, you guys know about Nixon's enemies list, <laughs> but they uncovered <laughs> Nixon's friends list where not only was my name on the list... Not only was Gene's name on the list, but Lee's name was on the list with parentheses after it, one of the good ones. So, (laughs) man, that's funny. That is like really funny. Hey, don't don't praise their fucking show. Dude, I was just I said it. That was really funny. Unlike their show. Exactly. Exactly. Let me tell you, you know, since this rivalry started, I I, I did listen to some of the show. Okay, And um, they said some pretty pretty um i don't know hurtful things they said that unlike us they read actual books with hard covers yeah wow. and uh, excuse me wikipedia is a book basically <laughs> uh i've well i've printed out the entirety of wikipedia and bound, had it bound yeah. so uh the people in the youtube videos we watch uh did they not read books yeah it's the internet people come on all book-based yeah. facts. Yeah, a lot of the people in those history shows, they even wrote some books. I have hardcover books. I have the hardcover edition of The Watchmen. Um, I do not only read bibliographies, but I read autobibliographies, such as both of Leonard Nimoy's autobibliographies, I Am Not Spock, and the subsequent follow-up, I Am Spock. So... Put that in your pipe and dose someone with it until they jump out of a 13th floor building. Weekly Dictator. Man, if you want to check out the Weekly Dictator, go to weeklydictator.com. No, don't uh, go to weeklydictator.com. No, they need to gather information to find out why they're so bad. That's oh, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. only... It's, it's, a, it's a scientific experiment. Much like dosing Frank Olson until he kills himself. 
uh, or you can check them out on iTunes. And you know what? Frankly, I listened to their Queen Victoria episode. Not that great. Not that wasn't great. about the wasn't about the ship, the uh, Queen Victoria at all. No. Nope. Yeah. There was no ship talk. I didn't learn how to tie any knots. That's the other spinoff that we're going to have. Ship talk. <laughs> ship talk. Uh, but yeah, if you would like to get in, t- in touch with us, as uh, as I mentioned, you can call our hotline, 413-225-1963. You can also email us, insidejobscast at gmail.com, much like our good friend Eddie, who supplied us with a lot of MK Ultra documents on Dropbox. Or Thanks, you, pal. Oh, yeah, exactly. Thanks a lot. And also, Tristan, what's going on? I sent you an insanely long email because you asked me for tips about what to see in New York City when you're visiting, and you didn't reply. But, Brian, all the things you listed were to come to your house. Yeah. I told you my plans would probably be canceled. Let's hang out. Uh, you can also follow us at, at InsideJobsCast on Twitter. I tweet a lot of stuff about conspiracies, and I complain a lot about why uh, about following Jesse Ventura, who seems to not know how to use Twitter. Uh, Jesse Ventura knows how to use Twitter. Hey, you should follow me on Twitter.com. I tweet a lot of the real shit that they don't put on the MSM. I ain't got time to tweet. <laughs> your ass, your face, what's the difference? Um. Also, why is his show on True TV just like a lot of him in parking garages staring at people? Oh, it's beautiful. Wearing some like shitty jacket. <laughs> that's the coolest pleather jacket on true tv during that time slot could be could be true could be true. Yeah. jesse Ventura, yeah they, so he did that show in exchange for a warm meal and that jacket yeah. i've been a governor i've been a navy seal i've seen shit that will turn you white is that how the show is introduced? <laughs> Basically, right? I paraphrase. Did you ever wonder why I have such difficulty not getting kicked out of Denny's? <laughs> uh, but I, I watched <laughs> sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. <laughs> I watched attack ships on fire off the shores of Orion. All of these episodes will be lost in time. Like beers on a train. Let's go Too down to Mouth won't. of the South, Jimmy Hart. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, okay, that's another spinoff. Just the Jesse Ventura voice show. But seriously, the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, should be on Jesse Ventura's show. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, guys, I just want to thank you most of all, Lee and Gene, for participating in our truth searching podcast looking into mk ultra i really i really appreciate your guys help in well, you're you know, welcome tr- trying to uncover the truth about our nation yeah yeah well i accept your thank you <laughs> uh so yes i do not i send your thank you back in a fart sealed bag thank you oh, rejected you. <laughs> and uh you're welcome um th- yes of course um, so yeah, we will be back in two weeks with another episode. In the meantime, get in touch with us, uh, with one of the ways that we just mentioned. Uh, and until then, follow the money.
Hey, Gene, I did 9-11.